You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're joining me for episode 253 of the Blended Family Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about anxiety, which can come from so many places. I recently found out that my diet, the wrong kind of food, was causing me anxiety. But today we're going to be talking specifically about thought-provoked anxiety. Did you ever realize that the thoughts you are thinking are actually the cause of your anxiety? Well, it's true. And so today... We're going to be talking about that with a great guest. We'll get to that in a minute. Just a couple of quick announcements today. I did go ahead and delete my Instagram page and my Twitter account. Um, I told you guys I'm having such trouble with social media lately. I just, I feel that it's not bringing me a whole lot of joy. And so I've been having a really hard time with it. And so I wasn't even really posting on Instagram. I could never really figure it out. Um, should have had a lesson from my kids but anyway I'm looking for some new platforms I am still on Facebook that's probably the only social media that I'm going to be really posting on right now and that's only because I know most of you are there we've got a couple of thousand of you in the Facebook group and so I'm not going to make you all move but I am looking for some other options out there In the meantime since I am not very active on Facebook I have a really hard time getting on there lately um, If there's anybody out there who really does enjoy commenting and posting in the group and you feel that you're a good-hearted person, that's all I ask, you know, a non-judgmental person who wants to help me admin the group, this is not a paid position, it would just be, you know, a volunteer sometimes go in and take a look, let me know if you see anything going on that I need to know about, maybe help answering some of these questions, just let me know. Um, In the meantime, I'm going to try to get better. Maybe now that I've eliminated some of my other sources of social media, maybe I'll be able to be more active on Facebook with you. I'm certainly going to try. Uh, just not a place that I really want to be right now. There's just too much going on, too much politically, and I just don't really like it. So, um, And I'm really bad at marketing. So it's just not, I hate being on, you know, putting myself out there. And so I know that I need to. And so I just ask you guys, If you could please share the show with those you know who might find benefit from it, even if they're not a blended family, I do talk about many topics that can help all families and all people. Um, And again, if you do know blended families, just please share the show until I get a little bit better at pushing myself out there. I've just got a little bit on my plate at the moment. Please join my mailing list. That way, if I do find a new platform, you'll be the first to know. Uh, The way to do that is blendedfamilypodcast.com slash subscribe. I don't spam you. I'm lucky if I send out one newsletter a month. I have not even been that consistent with it. But it would just be a good way for me to be able to contact you with any kind of news or information that I need to share. Please include your name in there as well as your email address if you can because Being a part of my list, you're automatically entered into my giveaways, and it's always good if I have a name to add to the email, so that would be great. This last week, 
I was featured on the Whiny Palooza podcast with Rebecca Green. She was a lot of fun. She's a fairly newer podcaster, but very professional, did a great job, really super high energy. And she's got some great topics already on her show. And so she, she put us up on YouTube as well. So if you want the video version or the podcast version, I will link to both in the show notes. You can check her out. And she's over again at the Whiny Palooza podcast. Now, last week here on the show, we spoke with Dr. Eric Zielinski, Dr. Z, about essential oils and how you can use them in your blended family. If you missed it, I suggest checking it out. There was a lot of helpful tips in there. And next week, we're going to have a Valentine's special like I like to do. I think I missed it last year. But this next week, we're going to be talking about how to grow with your partner for a lasting relationship. Um, I think if anything, we realized in 2020, it was a big year of growth for many of us. And so we want to make sure you're growing together, not separately, which has been happening a lot. And so we're going to talk about that next week. So that's all I have for you today. Please enjoy this show about anxiety. I hope you get lots of great tips from that. Join me on the show next week and, uh, Stay tuned for the interview after a quick announcement from our sponsor this week. Thank you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the effort and responsibility of being a parent? The guidance approach to conscious parenting is a revolutionary approach that helps you raise healthier, happier children and gives you the tools to feel successful as a parent. And you can achieve this transformation in just three months when you join the 90-Day Parenting Reset course. Catherine Celery, three times TEDx speaker and mom of two, has taught thousands of parents, children, and executives on conscious communication for over 20 years. She grew up in a blended family herself and learned firsthand the journey of integrating his, hers, theirs, and it wasn't always easy. It's driven her from the heart to create a program for families to overcome hurts, create safe containers for connection, understanding, and love. To learn more about Catherine and her amazing program, you can check out episode 237 when she joined me on this show, or just head on over to blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash 90 day reset, which will take you directly to her site to sign up. And you can save 10% off the 90 day parenting reset course when you use my promo code blended 10. What are you waiting for? Get started today to learn how to become the parent you always intended to be. Sharon Kennedy is a practicing psychologist in the UAE who has taught thousands of clients how to successfully manage anxiety, stress, and depression. She teaches her clients psychological skills based on neuroscience findings that will quickly and effectively reduce anxiety and help them manage difficult emotions. Sharon loves helping people learn about and understand their amazing brain so they can make sense of the way they think feel, and behave. She uses powerful psychological tools and strategies to change what doesn't work for them. And her ultimate goal is to teach people how to stay calm, capable, and confident, even in the face of fear and confusion, chaos, and problems. I think we can all use that today. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Hello. Lovely to be here. Great to meet you. Yeah. So before we jump in talking about anxiety, and we have so much to talk about, anxiety is just very prevalent. Um, But I just want to give you a chance to share a little bit more about you and your personal story, kind of how you came into the work that you're doing now. Um, I just think I just love brains. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're just 
a sort of a paradox almost, and they're so interesting. And the more I kind of looked into them and the more I studied them, the more I wanted to know. And so it's 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 lovely to keep on learning about what's happening in people's heads, and it's lovely to discover stuff that we can help to change what goes in people's minds. I just love minds. It's creative and interesting. So I, as the more I studied it, the more I wanted to keep learning about it. So how long have you been doing it? I've been working in psychology maybe 10, 15 years. I've been studying neuroscience and brains probably 20, 25 years in all wow. different kinds of areas. So I've worked in traumatic brain injury. I've worked with children in schools. I've worked in psychometric testing and businesses. But now I work in the community helping people just with day-to-day stuff primarily anxiety and things like that. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about anxiety because we know that the year 2020 just brought up even more anxiety. And before we even talk about 2020, I've noticed just in general over the years that the level of anxiety has been growing in the population as it is. And even amongst our youth and our kids, I've been noticing more and more anxiety coming up in preteens and teenagers. And then- Mm. Yeah. Boom, we get 2020 and that just magnified everything. And so can you, I mean, I know you're in a different part of the world, but I think the entire world is going through this at the same time. <laughs> so can you talk about that a little bit about the year 2020 and what it's actually done to people? Um, well, so much, but I guess from a brain perspective, you you kind of have to look at uncertainty because that's what brains hate the most. Anything that's uncertain or unpredictable, and I guess COVID is going to fall exactly into that. Mm. So anything that doesn't make sense, obviously, so quickly for us, brains continue to worry and think and continue to try and make sense of things. And it's really hard to do that when we don't have the information. So I guess 2020 probably falls into one of those unusual unexpected things that have happened that we struggle to make sense of. Yeah. And uncertain is the exact right word, I think, because this entire year has been a year of uncertainty and the not knowing of what's going to happen next is the scariest part of it. And I want to talk about, because you talk about the brain. And so I want to talk about thinking, you know, I come from a long line of anxious people in my family, like all the way down. And I see it coming up in my kids now and I'm trying to help them. I've never been medicated myself. I always just learned how to control my anxiety without medication. But I know that thinking or what we like to call stinking thinking has (laughs) a lot to do with anxiety. And so I want you to talk about that a little bit. The effects of thinking and overthinking. I'm, I'm an overthinker in the worst way. Um, so how? what are the effects of thinking on mental health? I mean, thinking is everything really, isn't it? Because that's how we make sense of the world. <laughs> and try not to think. You can't. So thinking is just just what brains do. They're, they're, they're never going to stop that. But yeah, you're right. That That's a problem because the more, well, it's not a problem. It's just that the more we think things and the more we think things negatively or we think we see things in a, in a negative light, the more we're going to feel stressed or the more we're going to feel anxious. So I guess you can say, of course, that the thinking does feed the feeling, which is 
means that to, to change some of those fear feelings, we can change some of the thinking. Um, but yeah, thinking is certainly powerful because we we just cannot not think. And I guess I guess we need to remember too that brains tend to be negatively biased, so they're always going to think things in the worst possible light, or perhaps at least at least negatively rather than positively. Because it makes sense for brains to look for things that are scary rather than things that just feel okay. Yeah, that is so true. And it's so difficult, Sharon, to to try to control that, I mean, especially for young people. And we'll talk about them a little bit later in the show. But for all of yeah. us, I know that I try to notice when I'm feeling anxious suddenly about something, I try to stop and think, well, wait, what was I just thinking about that might have provoked this feeling in me? And so I know that's a lot about what you do. So can you talk a little bit about what cognitive behavioral therapy is and how it can help us? Yes. So CBT um, is really interesting because, I mean, it's been around for some time and it's sort of morphing into something a little bit different from perhaps the origins, but further back in the 1980s and 90s when it came into vogue, it was very much about understanding the way that your brain processes information and so very much about taking those thoughts and changing them, replacing them, seeing if they're rational, irrational and things like that. And these are really useful skills to have. Um, But I guess we would say what's the best or most powerful about CBT is a recognition that our brain is adaptable, that we can change it and that we can build new neural pathways. So there are ways we can change the way we do think about things, the different ways we can intervene in the thinking. That means that when we change that, we will feel differently. So it's a powerful way to be able to manage your thinking, which of course will manage the way you feel a lot of the time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's why I always try to even teach my kids to pay attention to their thoughts. So um, maybe you can give us some tips or exercises if we are in this pattern of overthinking and having this constant negative thinking pattern. I mean, one of the, the tips that or the tricks that I use for myself is as soon as I think something negative, I instantly try to recognize that I'm doing that. Yeah, And then I try to replace it with some type of positive thought um, and override that. So can you talk about just maybe some different exercises that we can all do? I mean, that's interesting. And and that's that's really useful too, because if you can change those words out or swap that language out, your brain's going to feel differently. I mean, you can do that. There's loads of different ways of managing thinking, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Because, I mean, it's impossible to control our thinking. Mm-hmm. insofar as your brain's just going to keep generating thoughts. Often of them, often they're really old, like they're just habitual thoughts that you've had for years. But sometimes you can just notice that they're there and kind of just say, you know what, brain, you're just thinking again, <laughs> and just mm-hmm. let it go rather than actually change or, or, or intervene there because it's exhausting to be intervening in your head all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about it, your head's just never stopping it's never going to stop thinking. And so there, sometimes you can intervene in there. Sometimes you can just kind of let it go. You can just recognize it and say, you know what, that's a lot of thinking. I guess, you know what, one of the most powerful ways to manage too much thinking is to write things down, is to empty your mind. So being able to get your it out of your head, just even 
very roughly or really easily. Just jot down a few ideas that your head is saying to you and then throw them in the bin. Your brain can watch you throwing them in the bin and it can think, maybe I've let it go. So writing is a really good way too. I actually love that idea because you're right. It is exhausting to constantly... um, (laughs) micromanage. I always say there's a little two-year-old running around in everybody's brain with a pair of scissors and you have to control it because, you know, and so one of the things that I've learned to like this year of all years is I finally got a little bit more into my meditation because I found that sometimes when the thinking becomes so extreme, that's the only way to stop it. Or if you can't meditate, Focus on your breathing just for a few minutes. Take a few deep breaths. Sometimes I even do that when I'm starting to feel that anxiety, like that heat, you know, come up. I try to just take three deep breaths and that usually can help bring it down. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. That's a powerful intervention. And I mean, that's what what happens is when you take that big deep breath or, or two or three of them, you're actually getting out of the way yourself. Like your thinking brain is getting out of the way and your body's now talking to your reptilian brain and calming you down. So yep, it's really powerful. That's great. Yeah. So I want to talk about kids a little bit because this is the Blended Family Podcast. And so yes. we all have children and yes. our children are dealing with sometimes a little bit extra anxiety than traditional families because they have the added anxiety of sometimes being the go-between of their parents. There's some kids that are dealing with parental alienation and just the, you know, switching homes and going through just the things that kids of blended families have to go through. And in addition to that, Sharon, just this generation I've noticed, or the, you know, the last one and this one, and probably the next one, these kids are just presenting with a lot more anxiety. And I personally feel Social media plays a huge role in that. Yes. You know, as well as the divorce, as well as school and everything else. So I want to talk about kids a little bit and let's see what what can you, how can you help us help them? Mm. Um, I I mean, it's important, I guess, because if you're the parent in here or the adult in here, you're, you're the person who's modeling how to manage emotions, aren't you? So you're the person who, who your child is going to look towards to manage feelings that feel uncomfortable or difficult. Um, And so if you can model different ways of managing feelings and most importantly, not to be so much afraid of them, in other words, to accept that we all get stressed or anxious or angry from time to time, and that's, that's okay as long as you know what to do with those things because you don't have to interpret them as being necessarily bad all the time insofar as Emotions are emotions. Some of them are good and some of them are, I don't want to say good and bad, some of them are positive, some of them are negative. That's normal life. So if you can model managing emotions with your child, that's that's a big, big win because everything you do is going to be noticed. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing I guess I'd say is is I would acknowledge them. Just, again, just don't be afraid of them because the there's nothing particularly unusual in feeling stressed or anxious from time to time, as long as it's not perennially high, perennially high. Yeah, I think acknowledging them is a big piece, Sharon, because a lot of parents don't always think that their child's anxiety is 
necessary. You know, a parent might say, well, you have nothing to be stressed about. You know, you're just a kid. And we don't understand as parents that sometimes kids, their stress to them is, is very much a big thing. And so I think it's super important that we do recognize that. And I think that we forget that sometimes as parents in blended family homes, because we're so wrapped up in our own chaos and our own stress and our own trying to get the family bonded and blended. And sometimes we can ignore you know, with our kids. And so I'm seeing a lot of panic disorder. Actually, my my stepdaughter has panic disorder and oh, her yeah. panic disorder comes primarily from what she's thinking. That's why I think this is such an interesting conversation because yeah. she will think something and it yeah. will totally magnify and spiral in her head. And before you know it, she's in a complete panic attack and it all has to do with her thoughts running away from her. Mm. And so- um, yeah. Now, for for children, is it just the same? Is there any like exercise we can do if we see them running away with themselves and getting themselves really upset? Um, is it just help them stop and breathe and refocus? I mean, I guess so. I mean, you don't when you mean running away, you mean you oh, mean, not I'm you, sorry, you, you, not don't, you don't mean physically mm-hmm. running away. You mean running no, away I from mean, feelings? Me- yes, mentally running away from their feelings or, or, or getting um, very overwhelmed with their thoughts and things like this and their own anxieties. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's intuitive, isn't it, to, to run mm-hmm. away from that stuff anyway. So, you, yeah. you know, it's, it wouldn't be surprising if they kind of shut down or, or do things. But so I guess it, it is about acknowledging that stuff or at least it, admitting that it's okay. And it, that would be the biggest thing of all, that people know that it's okay to feel not good all of the time, yeah. Um, mm. And that thoughts, when we're talking about the panic, panic disorder, I mean that, that thoughts are, are, are bits of language, aren't they? They 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 really don't have a life except we put the meaning onto those thoughts, don't we? The thoughts onto those words. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with kids, I guess it's it's just I I'm, again I'm going to come back to kind of just demonstrating to them how you manage emotions is powerful for them and I guess again just making sure that they can express them in some ways I guess it's good to have a toolkit too I mean given that kids are a bit like adults they all have different brains and different ways of responding to the world you kind of need to cue into what what makes your child or what helps your child deal with things because some kids will be more about physical stuff to feel better some kids will be more about more soothing activities. Some kids will be more about talking. Some kids will be more about shutting down. It's, it's. I guess it's knowing what works for your child and respecting that and helping them develop a toolkit around those things that work for them. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Kids are also different. So that was great advice. And what I really loved that you said, and this is for everybody, kids and parents alike, that it's okay to not feel good all the time. And I think we forget that. And as soon as we feel bad, we do, we don't want that feeling. Yeah. And so yeah. it feels horrible yeah. to us, but it is okay to acknowledge yeah. and accept that you're feeling bad and then get yourself to a better feeling place. Um, so I loved that you said that. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I like to talk about uh, what is ACT or acceptance commitment yeah, therapy. Yes, yes. I mean, this is this is a this is a kind of um, a later therapy, but it's more based on the on the. Um, and I'm not by by no means am I expert in ACT. Okay, I'm much more well versed in CBT, but 
acceptance and commitment therapy is just as what it says. It's about the ability to acknowledge and to stay in the present with those emotions and feelings and to be committed, interestingly enough, to to something, to, to your sense of self, okay, to what is important to you in life. For example, blended family is, is a great example of this because when you when you a part of something that 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 has the stresses of blending two families together you are yet committed to creating family or creating a new family and so in the midst of all of that stress or in the midst of the difficulties you can keep that commitment to the big focus which is that you are creating a new family or or something that's really important to you so um, acceptance and commitment therapy takes it just a step further into what you stand for in life and what is important to you, which gives you the strength to stand or to deal with the difficult feelings. Yeah. So Sharon, I know that you help you, you help people with a lot of things, not just anxiety. <laughs> so why don't you talk about some of the other conditions that you can help alleviate with your therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy? Um, interestingly enough, at the basis of pretty much everything I deal with, it's still anxious. Okay. It's still anxiety because that's Mm. just humans because we're human. As humans just are scared (laughs) or feel a bit stressed. So that's just the human condition. And so it manifests in so many different ways. So you see it in, I don't know, everyday things like procrastination, maybe perfectionism, Mm. people getting upset I mean interestingly enough I see it pretty much I mean for most people it comes out in relationship problems because they feel stressed and that puts a strain on the relationship Um, indecision maybe it's hard to make decisions sometimes hard to study social anxiety it's difficult to go out sometimes you might end up feeling more inclined to stay home and shut down especially if you're facing difficult COVID times, um, health anxiety, you might run or worry about how how you are feeling or how certain aspects of your body just don't feel that good. So there are lots of ways in which brains and bodies express the anxiety and you might look at them and say, oh, they're all different. But really at, at the base of it all, it's just a scared brain and us, if, if, we, if we don't calm it, if we don't soothe it, if we don't have that self-compassion, if we don't have that ability to, you know what, be okay about it, it can get, you know, that it gets worse. Yeah. I, I love how you connect the brain and emotions. I think that far too many people don't realize what a powerful connection it is, that it is everything. <laughs> yeah. And people just think like, oh, I'm just having these feelings and they don't they don't realize why. So I think this is amazing. Uh, one of yeah. the things on your website is yes. that you have a free report on 12 ways to change your thinking. Can you talk about that? Oh, goodness. I can't even remember what, I mean, I can't even remember <laughs> what they were. <laughs> but look, you know, literally there are dozens of ways of changing thinking. We're really, really good at it. We know lots and lots of ways of changing thinking. Um, you can, I mean, because what is thinking? It's language, okay? It's words. So we can do a lot with those words. We can substitute them for more positive things. We can swap out the words altogether, if you like. Mm-hmm. 
So if you have a, a word that feels scary for you, like say, for example, for lots of young students, I've changed words in their vocabulary about exams. So we call exams something else. Yeah, we might mm. call them bananas because <laughs> it's not so scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can put thoughts on clouds. We can write them. We can screw them up. We can put them in saucepans and put the lid on them. We, we can sing them, yes. We can yell them because then they don't have so much power, do they? Because they are words. Um, there are That's lots great. of ways. So they're interventions, but again, you don't want to be intervening in your head all of the time. Otherwise, you're always on, you're like a little... Yeah. You're monitoring it. You know, what are you doing now, head? <laughs> Much easier to say, you know what, you do, you and me, brain, you're really talky today, but I'm going to focus on doing this, whatever it is. Because well, you're, that, yeah, cause you're right. a team. You and your brain, you're a team. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, I definitely didn't need you or expect you to go into all 12 ways, but I want people <laughs> to go get the free report on your website. So that is just, if you join Sharon's mailing list, I believe you're able to get that free report. Is that right, Sharon? Yes, yes, definitely. I think it's on okay. the website. Um, anyway, just as, yes, that's right. Yes, okay. that's correct. Yep. Perfect. And what is your website? I'm going to also add it to the show notes, but if you can announce that as well. Okay. So my website is www.cbtabadabi.ae and I okay. have another, another website which is extending what I'm doing. It's, it's um, www.stillmind.net. Okay, good. So I'm, I just wrote that one down too because I didn't have that one. So I'm going to add both of those to the show notes so that people can A, get the free report and B, you can just go check out what Sharon's about and her work. If you found any of this to be super interesting or you think your family can use a little bit of help on dealing with thought patterns and anxiety and all these things that are coming up for you. Um, Sharon, I just want to give you a chance to leave my audience with any final words or tips or anything that maybe we left out. Um, I, do you know what I'd, I'd like to remind people not to be afraid of feeling scared or not to be afraid of having anxiety or not to be afraid that, that they feel that way or, 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 or be in a state of anticipating maybe it will be a bad day or maybe I will feel this way because that makes brains even scarier and if you can embrace some of these feelings, although they're unpleasant, and teach your brain that actually you are okay, hmm. then your brain won't panic so much. It won't feel so scared. Um, and so don't be afraid, okay? Just turn towards what you wouldn't normally want to turn towards and say to your brain, you know what, brain? It's going to be okay because actually it will be. Wow, that is very powerful, Sharon. And I love that so much because I think that we often are very scared of our own emotions. And yeah. so that is huge. Um, acceptance definitely pulls you away from the fear. So Sharon, I, I'm so thankful that you came on the show today to talk about this very important topic, especially right now, but always. So thank you so much for coming on the Blended Family Podcast. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's been lovely to talk to you. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. 
Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.